Thunderbolt Strange. Welcome to the Thunderbolt Strength Podcast. This is Brian Hankins, and I have my co-host Molly Hankins. Hey there. Kevin Hack. Hey, Brian. And today we have Ryan Gaffney. We're going to be talking about his journey from CrossFitter to Fireman. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you. Good to have you here. So, I don't know, I think the first kind of interesting question is, what made you decide to become a fireman? You'd been doing the fitness and personal training for a while, and what made you kind of decide to shift course, or maybe that's what you'd planned all along? Yeah, there was actually a couple things. Um, as far as the fireman route, I, I felt like there was a calling in me for a long time in my life, and I had been ignoring it, and I was so into fitness and loved fitness, and that kind of just took off for me when I came back from Utah. And I feel like the more I talk to a lot of people, something happens when you turn 32. It's not 30, it's 32 for some reason. Interesting. And I find a lot of people change their career paths. And I turned 32 and I got injured at work. And so the whole fitness thing was kind of in jeopardy for a minute, at least the level I wanted to get to. And I knew that I definitely wanted to help people out on another scale besides just you know fitness and getting them more fit and losing weight and feeling great i wanted to like physically myself help people when they're in their worst situation yeah that's awesome so it was something at 32 you kind of felt the calling or was something if i was to ask you when you were 12 what do you want to do when you grow up you might have said fireman or i would have been a quarterback for the bears so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i i Right around 25, I let go of that dream, so... You probably have a good shot. Yeah, yeah at this point, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so, my question is, your dad is a police officer. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. How does he feel about you being a firefighter? <laughs> well, um, so, yeah, a huge cop family. And there's a slight rivalry between cops and firemen, and by slight, I mean a lot. Um, he was... I think always interested in me becoming a police officer. And, but the thing is I watched him over the years. I mean, he was a cop for 33 years. He had a lot of heart conditions. Um, his last surgery was a double bypass and a valve replacement. And that was like surgery number two or three. And I watched him kind of what he went through and what he told me about it. And he always dealt with people at their worst. You know, and he always had this offhanded kind of joke of like, oh, you should just be a fireman. Everybody loves firemen, you know? Interesting. Yeah, and I was always interested in it, and I knew for me in particular, I couldn't just sit still forever, like in a, in a car and just kind of cruise around. I mean, there's moments of action, which is awesome, and they help the public, but as a fireman, it's like you're physically doing crazy stuff all the time and i love it and there's like a weird cool group brotherhood that formed that i don't feel like i ever had in my life so that leads me to my next question i've heard that um first responders in general that would be police officers uh firefighters that um they're under a lot of stress there are some health risks and uh, talk to me about that. What are health risks for first responders? Yeah, number one is when you go from zero to 100 like that, I mean, obviously we all do warm-ups and stuff, but when you go from zero to 100 with adrenaline and all your ventricles and vessels just expand and come back down, a lot of times cracks start to form, so plaque starts to get caught, and that's why there's so many heart attacks. And also the level of stress just 
I mean, recently they're finally diving into it. Um, the whole mental aspect of what's going on with cops and firemen, you know, like, um, there's definitely like a lot more police suicides, everything like that. So it's definitely so much stress. And as far as me just speaking on the firemen end of things, there was always, I could tell a machismo and I could tell it right now from the older guys in the department that like, you don't wear a mask when you go into a smoky place, you don't do this, you don't do that. It's like a manly thing. But now the new age is, especially from 9-11, we discovered that everybody who, I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people who worked in 9-11 started having health issues and a lot of it resulted in cancer. And so as they kind of dove into it more, the cancer rate among firemen was huge. So with us alone, I mean, we're unbelievably trained to wear a mask even in the light smoke situation. And then when it gets on your clothes, it was always a mark of coolness as a fireman to be like you know, full of smoke and dirty and charred. But they found out that those fumes that you're just walking around in as you kind of up in your machismo is causing all sorts of health issues. So it's definitely, I, I've come in in the new age where it's the health kind of aspect and medical aspect is definitely taking off right now, which is well needed. Now, so is that something where you're coming in and, you, and you're saying, well, there's this new research and you have to like push back on the older guys or now it's kind of mandated that everyone's, you know, whatever, wearing the mask or the oxygen. And so it's, it doesn't turn into like, you have to say, I, I want to do this and then end up looking like a wimp or whatever. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Like I was wondering that going in yeah. and I was actually shocked that now like the, I call them older, but the veterans, uh, they teach to do all this oh, cool. all the time. And it's really cool. I mean, you might have a few that, you know, kind of want to show, show their manliness and not wear a mask or whatever and kind of go around a fire. But for right now, it's, it's taught and it's right from the get-go. And so it's kind of a positive thing to see. How has your CrossFit training helped you with the academy? How's it helped you? It's helped me 100%. Like without CrossFit and fitness in general, I would have struggled horribly. Um, what was that fitness test like? So when you go to each department, each one has a different fitness test. Uh, the one for every the, fire department has a different fitness test for the most part. Yeah. Wow. There's only a few that are nationally recognized. Um, usually like the one I did in Brentwood, Tennessee, you have to, it's a lot of CrossFit actually. You have to wear a 75-pound vest, uh, grab a hose, run up three stories, and then you drop it, run down three stories, and then you go on a Kaiser sled, and you sledgehammer it all the way to the backside. What is a Kaiser sled? That's that, like, um, I believe it's called Kaiser sled, the sledgehammer thing where you go between your legs. And, and you hit you're, it. you're yeah. drilling oh, it. Yeah, okay. yeah they had that, had that in the games. Yeah. Very similar, yeah. So yeah. it's exactly... CrossFit, what we train for. And then it's like raising and lowering ladders. And then you have to sprint across the parking lot. And the hardest part probably, I mean, of course you have the vest on, but you have to drag a like 185 pound dummy so many feet. And by that time, it's it's like Fran. You know, you it's like a two minute go all out. And then when you have to drag this thing, you're just like, oh my God, don't let go, don't let go. But definitely CrossFit helped me 100% for that. And I'm not even just plugging it. I just realized it when I was there. Did you crush it? I felt like I did pretty well. Were you going against anybody at the same time? It, not at the same time, but everybody says scores at the end. And uh, how'd you place on the whiteboard? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> yeah, luckily there weren't any visual ranks, but um, it was one of those things though too where I had like a, some extra breath at the end. And Molly, you and I talk about this being more endurance people. I didn't come out like I should have. I should have come out like super fan style, and I'm always like saving a little more. Uh, and so I had extra breath at the end, and I just like I'm like, come on, Ryan, you could have done so much better. You're you know? the opposite problem from most yeah. CrossFitters. Then <laughs> yeah, I, so. I think it depends on people's fitness background. Like people that come as runners, I noticed like, so when we first started, it was always like I had extra because you're, you're running your thing. Oh, I'm going to be doing this for two hours. So you're always like, I got to save a little in the tank. Yeah. And then versus sports that are just like pure power immediately, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's like so many different workouts and lengths and we have to like adjust our speed to it, which is sometimes hard given our background. So CrossFit helped you crush the test. <laughs> we're, we're going to crush now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> crush the test. Um, are you helping train firefighters now? Yes. And um, I'm loving it. Yeah. So I started, it kind of happened organically, you know, it was just like me and a captain want to do a little workout and then kind of grew into a little group. And then uh, another guy stepped up and he kind of wanted to definitely lead the group. And so I'm focusing on a couple people in particular that I want to kind of put on my own program. And I did to see their results. Um, I think there's always an aspect of me that really likes personal training. And so when I can like just focus on an individual and just watch them from point A to point Z, um, lose weight and feel better, that always fills me up. What about nutrition then? Could dive into that a little bit, but in terms of, we were talking about firefighters, health risk, some of the things I've heard about maybe the culture, is more of just eating any any type of maybe unhealthy food, comfort food maybe, because there's so much stress. So what's that like in a firehouse? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely true. I'm, I mean, to be honest, first responders, and I, I've said before, like generally speaking, aren't the most fit people. But there's always going to be beasts. You know, we, we know them, there's fit guys, but generally speaking is what I'm going with. And um, so nutrition is like religion. People get really weird about nutrition and politics and all that stuff. And so everybody has their style. And so when I came to the firehouse, you know, and you'd hear like, oh, I'm going to do keto and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And you have a bunch of different styles. So given that the firehouse is kind of random, you don't know when a call is coming in. The guy that I'm working with in particular, um, actually a couple of them. I put on intermittent fasting, you know, which is like bigger now, you know, and everything has its drawbacks. But at the end of the day, it's calories in versus calories out, whether it's keto zone, whatever, they're all hiding a calorie restriction. And there's also, you know, hormones come from the different types of macros you eat. But at the end of the day, the number one is calories in versus calories out. And then second is to me, the type of macros when you want to like lose weight and get in shape. And so right now, you know, when you're working on, I'll say like these guys with bigger bellies and stuff, you want to get rid of that visceral fat, which is so dangerous. It's kind of a slow transition where I can say, Hey, you know, these are the calories you have to eat fast till noon, then eat those calories and you're going to be good. And they, and they feel like they still have that freedom. Like they're not on a diet. And then as it gets further along and you hit that weight loss plateau, it's at that point that they're already adjusting. You can start working in the healthy macros instead of just saying like, all out, you know, you're going to drink smoothies every day. You're going to lose 20 pounds in a week. You know, it always backfires. It always backfires. So I always try to do it very slowly. 
Is you the, doing the eight twelve, eight on twelve off, or I mean eight sixteen? For the most part, um, there's a few times where it'll be around noon, and like a few of us will go to eat our first meal, and then something will go off, and then it becomes you know you have to push it back a little bit. But overall, I mean, for me, I feel like I've tried everything, you know, and just for generally life speaking, um, nutrition-wise, fasting works for me in particular. I just want to drill into that for people that may be listening that don't know what is intermittent fasting. So basically you have an eating window. And so when your body's not, the theory is, when your body's not digesting food, the cells can actually replenish themselves and we're made as humans to have periods where we're on a fast, you know, and it increases your growth hormone dramatically. And then if you lift, it's something around 2000% in men and 1200% women temporarily increases your growth hormone, which is great for cutting fat, keeping youth and adding muscle. And so for me in particular, I do that and I've done a lot of things. Um, if it's a CrossFit competition, I'll eat differently than that. I mean, we've talked about that, but Everybody has their own thing. And whatever diet you're on, as long as it's healthy and it restricts your calories and then slowly starts focusing on the macros, I think it's it's going to work for you. Is the uh, intermittent fasting tricky in terms of timing, I guess what I'll call your workouts? So, so like, you know, if, if I was looking to go on intermittent fasting, I'd time it so I'm not fasting, like right when I'm working out kind of thing. I want to have the energy at the right time. But for you guys, it's like you don't know when you're going to have to do your quote-unquote workout, right? When you're going to have to rush out. So... Is that a problem? Like I've been fasting for whatever, 10 hours and now all of a sudden the bell rings and I got to go and, you know, yeah. perform. Yeah. Like you don't want to like stop and eat a sandwich. Yeah. And right. Then, <laughs> like, hold on. They, the emergency can wait. Yeah. Um, one thing I've noticed for me in particular, when I started fasting, this is the drawback. I'll, I'll say the good and the bad. I would get winded doing everything. Like when I was in the fast, Yeah. you know, like I would just go for a casual run and I was like extra winded and I wasn't used to that. And then something adjusted after about a month or two where now I prefer to do it in a fast oh, wow. and I don't get winded. Like, unless so there I'm is just... like an adaption, kind of like the people that do keto, they, they have to, you know, get yeah. to ketosis and go through oh, a period wow. and there's an adaption. So similar kind of thing. Yeah, where... that horrible keto flu yeah. for like a week. Yeah. So there is an adaption phase. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's been instances where as I was adapting, something would happen, but luckily it, it never affected. I think you just have so much adrenaline going, you kind of overpower that. Yeah. But yeah. What do you think about keto? All right. <laughs> Here we go. Um, we, we touched on it briefly last week. We did talk yeah. about it a little bit. I mean, so I'd like to hear your thoughts. Yeah, Molly knows. I go into ketosis every now and then if I'm just feeling crazy. No, <laughs> I, uh, I do it for CrossFit competitions. And I, really? Yeah, I have a weird take on it. Like, what I notice is... You have the horrible keto flu for a week. And I heard you went through it too. Yeah, I never made it to the other side. I was like, Molly, I was in the middle of the keto flu. I was like, bring me some bread. I I can't do it. Yeah, it's bad. It was like hard to get to the other side. It's bad. And at the time I was teaching classes, like physically teaching classes at another gym. And I was getting winded. Again, getting winded without carbs in my system, like just doing everything. And then I remember... It switched over. Like, I could tell I switched to ketosis. I went and touched this aerobic class, and I could not run out of energy. And I, it wasn't even clicking in my mind what was happening. I'm like, God, I'm killing it today, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on? And then it was like an hour later, I put two and two together. So then I started noticing that, like, I, I did, this is like a little trial thing I did where 
when I would do lunges around the track. Okay. And I would see how many times I would have to stop doing lunges, you know, just from burning in my quads. And then I just in ketosis, I'm like, I just want to do this with a 50 pound sandbag. And I did it and I never stopped once and there was no burning. I'm like, what is happening? Cause I can't find any research on why there's no burning. Da, da, da. So finally I started like actually talking to biology teachers about it. Cause it just interested me. And without glycogen, you can't have lactic acid and without lactic acid, you don't get the burn. So you feel like you could just keep going. And so I had a few clients, I offer them, I always offer like, Hey, here's a few different styles to eat. If they want to do nutrition with me, it's up to you, which way you want to go and I'll support you and we'll go through it. And da, da, da. So a couple of people chose ketosis and I never told them about the endurance aspect. Uh, because it's not really talked about because when I read about it, the studies were like, your endurance could be almost as good as if you weren't in ketosis, but I know it's something different in me. And so the first guy was like, yeah, you know, he goes, something weird happened over the weekend. I usually do like a six mile bike ride and then I'm just dead tired. He goes, I did 30 miles and he goes, what, what's going on? Like, is it just cause I'm eating healthy? And I'm like, I'm like, I think it's ketosis because as soon as you switch over to it, I mean, it's obviously using your body fat as fuel. It just feels like you could go on forever. The drawback is you lose that pop. So if you are doing a CrossFit competition and you have like a, we're bringing up a Fran type of thing again, you don't have the quick boom. But if it's the day of the competition and you drink, say, a lot of sugar, Gatorade, whatever, you're still technically in ketosis. You didn't get knocked out of it. So you have that long endurance, but then all of a sudden that quick carb hit happens and your body's not used to it anymore. And then you have that pop again. So that they call it the targeted keto diet. Is that right? Or the cyclical keto diet? Yeah. I mean, I just, they call it that, but I just used it just for that one day, okay. you know, just for endurance aspects. I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to say you hated it for some reason, but I, I too really like the keto diet. Are you on it Big right fam. now? Not right now. No, Yeah, but whenever i've gone on it i have felt great yeah it's you know did you have the keto flu i had the keto flu for about a first week. couple of times i went in and out i did probably the first two times i found chicken broth seemed to always knock oh, it out okay. something about it i don't know if it's an electrolyte thing but after that i mean i can go in and out and not feel any different yeah wow and i mean that in itself is incredible it works for you and the coolest part i'm sure you know like gets you pretty jacked quickly which yeah. is, is surprising you know you're just like well this is this is fun so that led me to another question what's the craziest diet fad you've ever tried oh man so i like this question (laughs) so okay i was i was an overweight kid um and i was i was definitely just self-conscious about it i'll be honest about it i I don't want to be like oh i'm so confident i was self-conscious about it you're a teenager and i don't care if you're a boy or girl you're self-conscious about your body and when you're overweight, you think about it all the times, you know, and my brother didn't help, you know, he gave me nicknames, all that stuff. And, um, you know, someone would mention something. And I remember, like, being heavier, and I would, like, wear a shirt in the pool. I wouldn't want to take it off. And one pool I got kicked out of because I wore a shirt, you know. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so I started getting all these bodybuilding magazines, which was probably, like, wrong. But it was it was developing at least, like, I just want to know more about lifting, exercise. How do you change your body, da, da, da. So I was doing all the lifting stuff. I wasn't doing the nutrition stuff and not too many changes were happening. So finally I got into nutrition and of course bodybuilding magazine, they had a bodybuilding diet and it was like eat like basically chicken all day (laughs) and then like 40 grams of carbs and like no fats. Hmm. 
<laughs> and I'm 16, and I'm doing Ooh. this. Yeah, and I'm working at a pizza place, which made it torturous. Uh. And um, I lost a bunch of weight, but like, I looked kind of sickly, and I felt like garbage. I remember just having an orange juice and be like, well, there's my carbs for the day and more chicken. <laughs> and then you eat so much chicken, it was too much. So every, you know, I support any fitness regime for the most part, as long as it's healthy for the body. But um, in that little sliver, the bodybuilding diet isn't the healthiest, I'll say, for the body. And um, I chose the wrong path early. You know, it's not like I had a show coming up or anything like that. Did you ever, yeah. ever see the video of the guy who all he eats is fish and rice cakes? No. He's in like a prep. I'm going to link it in the bottom of this episode because it is hilarious. But all he eats all day, all his meals are either just fish, just rice cakes, or fish and a rice cake. Uh, it's hilarious. That sounds it. disgusting. It's great. Yeah. Is he yeah. happy? I mean, I feel like he'd be <laughs> you miserable. Know, I'll, I'll show you it after we're done and I'll let okay. you decide. Okay. All right. Does he have mercury poisoning? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he looked happy. Okay. You know? well, all right. I hope well. he got yoked. <laughs> I hear that's how you get girls. Is that true? Hey, man. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I see what you did there ever so, ever so gently. Very subtle. Yeah. Right? Okay. <laughs> we haven't even started talking about your journey in CrossFit. So it sounded like pretty early on you said you, you're a heavy set kid looking to kind of lose weight. Um, and tried a crazy diet. What was the journey in fitness? Um, okay, so the journey in fitness was I was just lifting and not doing cardio. I didn't like cardio. And somehow that's, <laughs> that flipped along the way as I became the cardio guy. Um, I didn't like cardio. And it was, I was, I was watching this um, series. It, was, it wasn't the Tim Allen one. It's called Last Man Standing. And it was three British guys and three American guys. And I remember I let you borrow the DVDs. I we thought it was, loved it. The yeah, whole it family great. loved oh that series. God, it was yeah. cool. Yeah. And so these guys just traveled around the world, um, for those who don't know, and they took on native tribes in their sport. And there's this one guy named Raiko who was all about fitness, and he talked about fitness a little bit, and it fascinated me. Like, the idea that you can be in this long kind of athletic competition of whatever and slowly you just you have something someone else doesn't and you chop away and beat them like that just i was so stoked about it so i got his uh fitness four by four dvds it was called <laughs> and i started i started doing it you know in the living room all that stuff and um and we have to add here to Ryko from that show is like i don't want to say he's like the fabio but he's got a little bit of this like he, yeah. he's got the long hair you know yeah. and, and all the pictures are like him posing on a mountain and yeah, yeah so <laughs> i can imagine the cover of the dvd <laughs> and slowly my hair got longer too like who's he copying um so i was doing all that getting more into fitness and then i, I started working at the ymca um in oswego illinois Sadly, we should add, the YMCA is closing soon. Yes. Sadly. Yeah, so turn of events. Um, but there was an aerobics teacher there I became friends with, and she said, you know, hey, do you want to, like, I have to test out this workout. Do you want to go through it? And I'm like, sure. And in my mind, I will admit, like, I would watch, like, women do, like, a lot of these classes with little, what I thought, little baby weights. And I was like, come on, you know, like, this is so wimpy she kicked the crap out of me like she beat me so badly with it i realized not only was i not in shape but what they were doing was a thousand times harder than me just getting on a bench and lifting some weights and feeling cool and eating a bunch of food um it woke me up like i wanted to be fit then because it was just it was bad do you remember the workout 
It was like a, an outdoor boot camp, but it was like tons of just walking lunges and push-ups and da 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 like nonstop to the point where I just couldn't keep up. And it was like definitely just, you know, anybody who's a competitive when you can't keep up, it eats at your soul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you start to like figure out ways to improve that. And that really was a turning point. And then I started becoming way more into cardio and started losing weight. And I don't know, just then that the aspect of fitness itself just started fascinating me. And then from there you got into personal training and then CrossFit was later or? Yeah, so CrossFit was about the same time. So it was like 10 years ago, um, 08. I started getting into personal training um, and then 09-ish aerobics classes. And personal training started with friends and then I started making it official in a gym. And I started reading about CrossFit and doing CrossFit at that time. Um, CrossFit was definitely like a little different then than it is now. And uh, so it was, to me, it was a little easier to do at my home, like in my garage, because a lot of it was actually, I shouldn't say like, it was like a little less focused on Olympic moves. Right. It was just part of the regime. And then later on, I feel like as the games got big, Olympic moves looked awesome on tv so that kind of became a bigger aspect of it all do you do you feel like that was a net negative or that was a good good addition or i mean it sounds like you say it changed it was a you feel like it was good or bad or yeah i feel like it's negative i do and although like you know i mean you could say it's because like i'm not the olympic lifter guy you know i mean i do it but for me i actually really love cleans and all that stuff you know but it was like, I just noticed when I took CrossFitters and put them in my conditioning classes, they died. And then I took my conditioning people and put them in CrossFit classes and they got buried. So I'm like, something isn't right. And before when I thought CrossFit started, it was definitely very, there's such a good mix of just a body weight day and did it into this and into this. And the body weight days have kind of gone by the wayside to maybe one day a week, stuff like that. So I feel like, there's so many moves in fitness there's thousands and crossfit limits itself to a little sliver and then when it comes to like the games or something they'll like grab one of these maybe outside moves and it's like oh dave castro is a genius he he thought of mountain climbers you know and everybody's like mountain climbers and then you'll see him crossfit gyms everywhere doing mountain climbers like even though they haven't that's how it goes and i'm like you guys it's there grab it now like you don't need to see in regionals people doing weighted box walkovers to say hey i can do that on my own now you know just yeah literally and i know there's a pun here think outside the box you know and you like that, that was <laughs> pretty good i just yeah. came up on it yeah. um yeah it's just there's so many things that you could do fitness wise and i feel like olympic lifting is becoming more the focus you know yeah and it's really not coming from a place of like, I'm not the best Olympic lifter. So da, 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 da. it's like, I, like I said, my drive is fitness. So that's what I want to see more of like just weird what moves. moves would you like to see more CrossFit boxes incorporate in their programming? Honestly, like a lot of the boot camp moves because I noticed like, again, uh, CrossFitters, struggle in some boot camps and i know thunderbolt now is a boot camp and i think that is awesome because there there's tends to be after about 12 minutes most crossfitters are built for 12 minutes of fury 
and then they die off. And then some can extend out to 20, but then after 20, everybody gets scared because it's like the hero wads tend to be longer. And that's why you see like people walk into these hero wads like, uh, they're like all all uptight, you know, and they're breathing high already and they, they come out too strong. And then they hit that red line and they're breathing so high that they all, all of a sudden start to panic. And they're like, oh my God, I'm a minute in and I'm redlining and I got, you know, a million more push-ups and everything else and Murph to go. But those of us, I think, with an endurance background, we can't help. I know both of you guys are this way. We can't help but do the endurance stuff. We don't want to lose it. It's kind of like our getaway from everything. So when we walk into a hero workout that's going to be long, for the most part, we're just like, all right, this will be cool, you know? So for people that don't know, what what are like the boot camp movements that yeah. we should be doing more of? Yeah, I honestly, and some of them might look silly, but I'm okay with it. I mean, mountain climbers, jumping jacks, like all that stuff that, you know, jumping lunges and a little more focus on that stuff that will actually make you pretty winded. There's this thing called warrior jacks on the ground. You can look it up. I mean, there's just tons of like little boot campy moves, you know, and just little cone drills, you know, sprints, stuff like that, backpedaling, stuff like that will catch up to you. Right. So it sounds like your overall take is a little less emphasis on pushing the really huge weight overhead and a little more skewing back toward the body weight kind of stuff. Yes. A good mix. Yeah. A good mix. And I, I wish, I I would like to see more gyms think outside of what the games are doing. Right. You know, like, I mean, we have, especially at Thunderbolt, you have great trainers and you have like all these minds and personal training background and every all these coaches have a different fitness background and they know cool moves that they can like incorporate but they you know it's it's not like the quote crossfit way until it's in the games and so it would just be cool to see like i just like going to places where coaches have great input because it's like a think tank then and they could bring new moves that would just shock people like even something as silly as um, the Arnold press, you know, where you're pressing with palms facing in to facing away, something like that. Even doing that on a thruster would change things, but doing that instead of just a standard push press would shock people, you know, just different aspects. That's what I love about all of us having our own warm ups is all those little things come out. I love that our coaches have the freedom to kind of show people some new things that either they can incorporate outside of class if they wanted to or just new warm-up ideas but yeah like your classes your warm-ups are very different than what everyone else is doing in a great way oh i appreciate it and by the way I'm, all this olympic lifting stuff i'm not bashing olympic lifting because <laughs> kevin here is like mr olympic lifting but like i i'm just saying like i would like to see just new moves you know i mean crossfit's supposed to be overall fitness for everything like incorporate more fitness you know not just what looks good on tv i agree with you absolutely about everything you said about those movements and I like them and I think they're very beneficial. The one thing I don't like is that they're not as there's a little more objectivity there. It's like with an Olympic lift, either you got that weight over your head or you didn't. There is, there's a line there either you did or you didn't with some of the other stuff, you know, and some of the, the, I mean, you watch people do push ups. No one's quite doing the same thing. They should be, uh, you know, mountain climber, stuff like that. I think that I think that can frustrate some other people in the class where it's like, oh, well, I feel like I'm doing this movement to a better degree than this person. And we're putting up our scores together when we did different work. 
Yeah, definitely. And I'm glad you brought up like push ups. I think that's every gym you go to. That, that's for like, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's like the one that's. I also feel like um, it's weird. CrossFit is so community based and it's such like a great friendship thing that started. That sometimes people are afraid to call out their friends on like, hey, your chest isn't even close to the ground on that push up. Oh, yeah, man. If I'm working out with a friend and they're not about to hurt themselves, if they're not yeah. doing something unsafe, I mean. You know, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's awkward. Like, yeah. oh, they're feeling some sort of accomplishment. And you're just like, actually, your, your push-up sucked. Yeah. You know? Actually, <laughs> uh, no rep. No rep. Yeah. No, <laughs> rep. no rep. No rep. <laughs> <laughs> and then lunch gets canceled afterwards, and you guys aren't talking yeah, for yeah. a while. <laughs> but, yeah, my favorite workouts are the ones where there is, there's no room for judgment. It's like, I mean, say it's muscle-ups and snatches. You're like, well, I can see either you got that over your head and you got yourself above the bar. There's no room for any kind of... Well, maybe. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Except for like maybe handstand push-ups or something like that. Oh, man. That weird controversy this year. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about the handstand push-up controversy. Uh, maybe, you should, maybe you should, Molly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you think about that? About the handstand push-ups? Yeah. Um, I was not a fan of that... Uh, what do you want to call it? That way of measuring... The judging standard. Ju- I was not a fan of that judging standard personally. I do feel like the fact that they were harder for me, it came down to a strength thing. Like if I'd just been stronger, I could have done better. Um, So definitely that was a takeaway for me to get stronger. But I think that there's a wide range of how people's arms are. And overall, it's just not a fair standard. Yeah, I I totally agree. Long forearm crew checking in. (laughs) (laughs) Reluctant fist bump. (laughs) So in terms of like tweaking CrossFit a little bit, when you say you're training firefighters now, do you have like a tweaked version of CrossFit that you train them with? Like you sort of take some of the CrossFit stuff and you add some of the things that you think are missing or more what I would call, I guess, sports specific for being a fireman? Yeah. No, that's – yeah, definitely. There's – when I'm doing one-on-one, I focus – and I wrote out a strength regime for them, and it's basically microloading. You know, um, those of you that don't know, it's just every week it's the same lift. You just add a little bit more. Yeah. And then when you plateau, you switch the lift slightly. How much is a little bit? So it's usually one to five pounds, depending on the lift. Like something like deadlifts, I mean, you could get away with potentially five to maybe ten pounds, but usually just one to five pounds every week. Just that little like half a percent increase. And it adds up at the end of end of the year. Like I, me personally, I definitely, I remember I had a competition in October. I threw out my shoulder backstage, came out. And again, like my strength was not where I wanted it to be. And it sucked. It sucked because you're just there at a competition. Your strength sucks, you know, and you're doing all this other endurance stuff there, but you always kind of just focus on what you need to improve on. And so I, I started doing you know, originally I had a strength background and then I switched to cardio and all that stuff. So I started doing more research on it and I just like reverse pyramid training. We warm up, go your heaviest lift and then slowly work down, but micro load every week. So after Molly see me, I have my little notebook. <laughs> I have to nerd it out and write it every week. So I don't just kind of meander in the same weights all the time. I found micro loading's really important, especially for the girls, because if a lot of, you know, you have some newer women, if they add five pounds to a 50 pound lift, they're adding 10% from one week to the next. If you go to some of the maybe experienced guys, or even some of the strong girls, you add 10% on a lift from the previous week, that is a huge jump. 
And I think people don't quite realize that in terms of percentages. So I'm glad to see the microloading stuff coming around. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I think one thing that no one's really doing them seeing is, uh, maybe you heard of it, it's called post-activation potentiation. And that's basically setting up your nervous system. So like, it's a lot of words there. Um, when I train clients, I, I don't like them doing lifts with adrenaline. I know that that's always been like the thing. I don't like it anymore. I believe that just because one day you could have your adrenaline going, the next day you can't. So are you, did you, are you not as strong now or is it just your, it was your adrenaline? So I'm, I've become more into training the nervous system where what we're finding out is that people used to train like say three to four days a week and then they let their nervous system recover. And then what happened was when the steroid era hit, all of a sudden these guys rose to the top and everybody would be asking them, Hey, and it was the same time magazines started really getting into fitness. What do you do to work out? And these guys are like volume, volume, you know, 20 sets of this 20. And it's because they were taking performance enhancing drugs that could help them recover quickly. But a really a nervous system from a true strength day needs at least 48 hours. And so I like training the nervous system and that's where that post-activation potentiation comes in. And what that is, is basically you're going to do a lift, you go to a heavier weight and then you go back to where you want to PR. So say I was doing shoulder press, I would warm up, stack about 20% extra weight on the bar. I'd walk up, grab it, unrack it and just hold it. Like almost like you're about to do a front squat, but you don't for 15 seconds. Then you, you rack it back, take 90 seconds to two minutes, strip down to the weight that you want for PR and your nervous system is so primed with that heavy weight that all of a sudden you'll get a PR mm. and it, that's training your nervous system. And you're not getting to this point where it's just like, you know, like slapping yourself or whatever you need to do to get your adrenaline going, put up some Rob Zombie song. Yeah. Um, I have Molly slap me before a big lift. There you That's go. Why not? Why not? That, You're just to wake up in the morning, right? <laughs> that sounds like kind of how we weight the bat where it's like if a workout is at 135, right before we'll throw on 155, do a couple actual reps and then take it off. And it's almost like you get better recruitment. Is that kind yeah. of the same thing? Yeah, exactly yeah. like that. And the, the tricky part is, is, um, for some lifts, like if you're going for a PR and you're using this, you obviously can't do more than you could lift. Right, right. Yeah. So you have to like adjust it. Like say if I was going to do even a back squat would be the same thing. You load it up 20% more and just unrack it and just stand there for 15 seconds and then rack it and then strip it down. But yeah, it's exact same thing. And uh, I mean, you know, it's like, especially for me, it's thrusters. Like I would always do that where I'd like stack like 135 and then the workout's about to happen. I go down 95 pounds and just try to make it feel lighter because I hate thrusters so much. Me too. Yeah. Hate thrusters. Who, who no likes, likes them, them right? right? I mean. Yeah. I think there are people who like them. Yeah, there are. There's. I mean, I can name a couple from yeah, the gym. But too. <laughs> yeah, so. Not me. Um, in terms of training the mind and sort of doing things under adrenaline, I have to wonder, so... As a fireman, you know, the bell rings or however that it actually... I know in the movies, the bell rings, but... Yeah, there's a pole we yeah, swing down. Yeah, and yeah. there's like a Dalmatian that comes running, right? Yeah. Um, no, but I mean, you know, that bell rings and that has got to like jack your heart rate up. Is there a... Are, are you taught or is there a whole process of like, okay, I don't want to go in this all jacked up and you have to like calm yourself or is that a thing? I don't know. Yeah, so it's funny. Uh, there's no 
no more like bells. It's like an app now that we all have. Right? Yeah, there's an app now. Oh, there's, so, of course there's an app for that. Yeah, yeah. So we all get we all get the same responses, and um, so a lot of times I'll be at say the firehouse and I'll be dead sleep, and I'll hear that app go off, or you'll hear this voice go off like station sixteen, and you're like, Ugh! and you just like you go 100, percent but something happens. Um, along the way where you like really calm it depends on the person some people calm down some people are amped up uh for me in particular my mom always said that her mom said that who you are in an emergency is who you are in real life and so that always plays in my brain and so i always try to be the calmest person in the room in an emergency um i mean we had an unfortunate one i think it was a week or two ago we were actually we're having a meeting and it came across, it said MVC building. So that's motor vehicle crash building. I told Molly a little bit about this. Um, so, you know, most of these calls, a lot of them are kind of false alarms, like something, a little fender bed or whatever. So everybody was at this meeting. A lot of, a lot of firemen went out and turned around and there's just a car smashed into a brick house, you know. And you get out and you're going up and they pull one lady out and doing CPR on her, she passes away. You know, me and another guy jump to the other side of the vehicle and we're in there trying to get out the other lady who's who's just banged up but fine. And then there's other guys, you know, working on the other side, kind of sawing it open and all that stuff is happening. And it's definitely very adrenaline-like. Um, for some reason, it, for me in particular, it didn't, didn't feel crazy. You just, you just, I'm very objective when it comes to like, just like this task needs to be done, this task, this task. So it was all task driven, but I think if you're more, um, emotionally driven, you would, you would definitely have your adrenaline going and for better or worse, you would just be living off adrenaline in that situation. Is that due to training? Do they sort of train you or that's just your personality coming through? Uh, they, they train you, definitely they train you to, I shouldn't say, I, I've never been trained to be calm in that situation, but they train you to think. Yeah. To think, rely on your training. It's a rely on your training, rely on your training. And you go with that. Um, for me in particular, I always felt like I was pretty, pretty chill in emergencies. Um, and a lot of these firemen are awesome. They are like the same chillness and they're, especially going into these veterans, the amount of knowledge they know and the things they've experienced is just unbelievable. So even in a situation like that, I'm in a learning mode where I'm trying to learn from these yeah. guys who've done it for 20 years. And those guys who've done it for 20 years always say that they're still learning. And so it's just, a, you know, sometimes other people live off of adrenaline. And I feel like when you're a first responder and you just live off of adrenaline, you can get yourself into some situations, whether you're police or firemen, that could backfire a little bit sure can you give us just an because in- i mean obviously we have like the tv show version yeah can you give us an insight into just like a day in the life of a, a fireman day like in what's the it life. actually oh, like yeah. and is there a poll or not there <laughs> that's the most important there, there's question. a poll but it's just for dancing on so it's totally <laughs> totally different firehouse yeah, than it used yeah. to be 
Um, are you going to send us a picture of that for our podcast? I mean, I can't. It's not going to be me on the poll. It's going to be a heavier guy. But yes, if you want it, if you want it, I can send it to you. I feel like you'd be able to do those like really acrobatic movements. You know, I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) They've just got to go through the training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Click my heels together. You'd be like in a full, like in a flag with just spread eagle. And that's that's my thing that I've been trying. And I've actually, I mean, you're Mr. Parkour. Have you been able to do that? I assume. I used to be able to do a flag. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cannot, so. I haven't tried, but I don't think I can anymore. Yeah. I mean, I tried to do one of your moves and I couldn't do it. Like one of these parkour moves. What was it? It was the one where you like ran up a wall and grabbed the, was it like the little poles at Thunderbolt, the little fence? Oh yeah. Yeah. The wall oh, runs. Yeah. yeah. Was, I yeah. felt like I just kept doing it wrong. I kept bouncing off backwards. <laughs> so I'm just yeah. chipping paint. <laughs> so it didn't work out. But, um, all right. I mean, I guess I could lift the veil of the fireman thing. Uh, as long as it's not like a secret, I'm just no, like, just no, it's get, not a secret. Right. Um, so I would say a typical day, you you get up and you see like what tasks need to be done. Trucks need to be ready. Da 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 da. If there's any training for the day, um, there's always a lot of training. And um, as you're going through, random calls will come in, and then you need to stop where you're at and go through that. But it's it's definitely it's keeping the like not fun stuff keeping the firehouse clean you know the social interactions of the day and just getting everything prepared and having working with veterans to show you like little things in case something does happen and kind of playing out aspects and then when calls do go off it's true i mean each one's completely different like even two motor vehicle crashes are completely different you know and you run into these situations and you're trying to adapt to it and there's definitely like we have down there called EMR. So they're medical responders and they are awesome. And, uh, I'm going into training for that, but like you have to kind of be their secondary, Yeah, you know, and you watch these people just go all out and do things in the most calm fashion. And you just know that this is the way it should be. And so then you get done and this adrenaline thing is over with and you're kind of just going back and a lot of people want to talk about what just happened and it's kind of like your own way of venting it out. Sure. Because you don't want to go home and be like, hey, I watched somebody die today. You know? So do you guys all have like, uh, you know, is it like you're sitting around a table, you have dinner together and then, so there's this, this community thing happening at the firehouse? There's definitely, um, especially more in the career places, there's definitely a, a brotherhood. You know, I mean it's just another social situation where you're together but when you're working on like a team effort out in the field doing something not just training training is i mean yeah you're doing it but when you actually accomplish a goal as a group like um you know we had to bring one guy out of a ditch and it, and he was a large guy and it was probably 10 foot ditch or so very muddy and it took like six of us trying to lift this guy out and we had to do it a certain way because you're going up this muddy hill. Something as simple as that. Um, afterwards, you kind of feel like a bond with the people who helped you. How big was the guy? He was, yeah, so he was... Four spins? <laughs> he was He was probably like six, two, over 300 pounds. Wow. And he was having a diabetic crash, so he couldn't do anything. Wow. Yeah, so it's... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's always stuff like that. So we, I think people, we, or at least I do, I tend to think like firemen, oh, you're rushing into burning buildings all the time, but is the majority of it car crashes? I mean, is there still a lot of running into burning buildings kind of thing? Or Yeah, you know what? The Definitely the burning aspect has 
fallen down. But that's, I shouldn't say that's what we're trading most for, but that's a lot of our focus because that's basically where firemen get knocked off. Yeah. And Tennessee in particular, where I live now, it was huge. I, from what I heard, it was the largest fatality of firemen because a little while ago, you could just show up, say, I wanted to be a fireman. They're like, here's the outfit. And then they just send you in and firemen were dying all over the place. Sure. Because, I mean, it just took a structure fire, say, a week to knock off somebody almost. You know, like it was just something like that could happen. And so then the training went way up because, and the training is so focused on this, because although you want to be in an emergency, you want to help people out, and, of course, it's a humongous aspect, you have to look out for yourself. And, and that's how you're trained. Like, if you're going to go in a situation where you don't think you could get out of it, you're trained not to do it. And, but a lot of people, you know, go through that anyways. I'll leave that up to the fireman himself, you know, um, you're not supposed to, but this is how it goes. But the fatalities were so high in fire that that's where a lot of the training's focused on. Makes sense. Can you talk about something you mentioned earlier, which is breathing high? Yeah. yeah. It sounds like I'm getting high and breathing. Um, yeah. <laughs> like it's the greatest thing. It sounds awesome. Yeah. So when we're uh, you guys are doing awesome on questions by the way just throwing yeah. it back to the panel for a minute yeah. it's like a good ding 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 um okay so when especially when your adrenaline's going let's say i'm gonna go back to crossfit for crossfit uh you walk in and it's murph and you're nervous right you start to breathe high it's almost like a hyperventilate but not quite like almost hyperventilating but not quite it's like you're up here and you're not using your stomach at all so when the workout starts, especially someone who's not endurance focused, they come out hot. And when they come out hot, they breathe even higher. And then all of a sudden, it's slightly that hyperventilating kind of feel where they start to get a little bit nervous and the heart rate goes up more. So it, it becomes a stressful situation. And that's why I think a lot of people get so stressed out about these hero wads because they don't know how to approach it. Like the group goes out for a run and they're like, I gotta be in the middle of the group, be in the middle of the group. They don't focus on running their own race. And um, like on my end, I talked about like endurance, it's hard for me to kick off like, like you could. Like it's hard for me to just go boom, like three minutes and be done. So on this aspect, I mean, whenever I would do like a long wad and stuff like that, a lot of times I would start out like the slowest guy in the room and let them breathe high, go crazy. And I just focused on exactly the mechanics of my body. Like I'm breathing low. My heart rate's probably at like 160 right now. That's what I want it, 150s. It's gonna, it's gonna spike here. Then I'll have like a muscular endurance thing, which is naturally gonna bring down my heart rate. So at this point I could push a little harder because the heart rate's gonna fall. And I, in my brain, I'm going through the science of it, but a way for people who are so scared of hero wads and all that stuff is to not only do some endurance training on your own, just casual longer runs, stuff like that. Um, so it's not such a stressful situation, but also, man, do not follow everybody. Like let them go. You know, like I, I think the greatest thing is what I call being the wolf, not the rabbit. Like, let them go ahead, you know, and I would do this in races too. Let them go ahead, let them kill themselves. And then you just, you chase them down you pick them off as you go. And to me in fitness, I mean, it's probably something in my own mentality. That's my favorite thing in the world. 
Like, just see people come out hot, heavy, you know, just blast you away, and then slowly you just, ding, 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 like, pick them off. Sounds like Rich Froning. I was going to say, that's yeah. like you'd see that happen a lot in some of those games where he's kind of hanging back. and Yeah, I've seen, I've seen the videos of those guys in Africa where it's um, it's basically like in, endurance hunting, where they, they will just follow an animal, and they'll just be kind of going at an easy pace, and the animal's not built for the endurance, and at a certain point after, I mean, a day of them following it, it'll collapse and exhaustion and then they'll just walk up and stab it yeah that kind of born to run feel yeah it's yeah kind of like you no absolutely like it's you just walk up and stab me halfway through a workout yeah it's like or maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe before the workout so i don't have to work out you know? <laughs> um yeah you know, absolutely like i am a believer that humans i know that book touched on it but um or talked about the whole book but i believe humans are made for endurance and we're also made for, and this is where CrossFit all comes in, that short burst of power for quick fights and quick running down of animals and stuff like that. And so I think we're built for both. So I just, if you're if you're in CrossFit, I want you to relieve some anxiety on the hero wads. Like they're going to be longer, but build up your endurance for the longer ones. Don't just focus on a 12, 20 minute wad. Start focusing on the longer grinders and just do it. I know a lot of people need other people, but a lot of times if you just do it by yourself, you can kind of just feel out your own pace and you don't even have to, if you're endurance training, you don't even have to like just kill yourself the whole time. And that's the whole point of endurance training. Just learn to be casual with your body and reading kind of where your heart rate is, how you're breathing. Just view it very mechanically instead of like, oh my God, you know, he or she is ahead of me by one rep. I got to catch up. And then you cash out. Interesting. Um, so we started talking a while ago about your journey through fitness. You came to CrossFit. Yeah. And you became an L1 trainer. Yes. Um, and now you have kind of developed um, a training program that you have out there. Founder of Box Hero. Box Hero, yeah. Tell us about Box Hero. Yeah, so um, I started with the name. Like, I, I know it's like, even, even if it's not CrossFit gym, I just call it a regular gym a box. You know, it's still the same kind of shape just bigger um and if someone was like crushing a workout it was like man they were like the hero of that box you know like man that's a box hero right there um so what i noticed and it's kind of what we were just talking about a little bit is that there was a huge need for um more engine specific training you know then i was just so fascinated with it that i just kept researching 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 and it, again, it just went back to fitness. It's the same thing. But um, I noticed like the deeper I got into research, what worked and what didn't. And so I thought that there was a big kind of misinformation out there about what trains you to have a good engine. And what I basically came down to is, and that's where Box Hero started and then expanded out from there. Um, I wanted my own, I just wanted like a little company where I could do like some through it, like some kind of personal training thing where I have programs set up and then I could talk to the people if they were running through the programs and this and that. But basically to me, there's a couple aspects. If you're doing CrossFit, I have a 12 minute and under workout. Then there's a 20 minute and under workout. And finally there's 20 minutes and above, which I'll never have like probably over 45 minutes. So it's three workouts a week that trains you in three different endurance zones. So whenever one of those workouts come up, and they will, they'll pretty much always fall in that zone. Not too many 
go around an hour or so and even if so the 20 minute and over would train you for that and so i started there and then i i realized i also want to include non-crossfitters in it because i just don't want to be completely just focus on crossfit and so i made a bodyweight one that you could do anywhere and then um it expanded again when i when i went out to the firehouse i started seeing where first responders were at and i'm like man there is a huge need for healthier first responders because it's not just about them and i'll say it like putting themselves at risk they're also you could also put somebody else at risk if you physically can't do certain things and so with that i mean i spent years personal training and all this knowledge and how to like cut cut fat healthily and you know how to get stronger and so i started expanding out from there and it, it grew and um still endurance is like i just love it i love focusing on endurance but i started getting more into getting people leaned out for summer and stuff and the kickbacks that i'm getting from it are cool like they're sending me pictures of what they look like now you know and the confidence that's coming and growing up and in them it's just it's so cool to see so i just i can never live in, limit myself to one specific fitness and i just try to i'm so fascinated by fitness in general i'm just i just want to see everybody succeed in whatever realm they want to take on so is this a it's a in-person training it's a virtual training is there a website that people go to how does the mechanics work if someone's interested yeah so it's boxhero.org and um basically it's a you sign up and there's programming so every week like new ones are revealed and as you go through more revealed more revealed and it's usually about five workouts a week uh, depending on the program you're in and then what i want to always do is set up a line of communication so like i could see when people are like logged when they last logged in when they did this or that and so like as they go along i'll be like okay you're at this point da, 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 da. like how's it going just little check-ins you know i don't want to be breathing down their neck about it like adding pressure to it but just a little check-in like hey how's it going any questions da, da, da. and that I always need that personal touch. Sure. I, I don't like just throwing it out and be like, hope it works for you. You know, like everybody's yeah. different. So it, it was my way of still like staying connected and fitness wise and kind of helping that out before, you know, things started kicking up in the firehouse too. That's awesome. Do you think your website's going to be able to handle the Thunderbolt Strength podcast bump that it's going to get? <sighs> yeah. After this? I, I mean, mean is it ready I'm for an onslaught? Pretty sure it's going to crash. <laughs> 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 You're about to get checked out by a dozen of listeners. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I will drop um, a lot of a lot of the guys I know listen to a lot of podcasts, mm-hmm. and that's all they listen to. Like yeah. I feel like they only listen to radio. So I will promote you guys down there too. So you will have a mutual bump. There wow! You go. So wow. a box hero bump or yeah. a Ryan Gaffney bump? Yes. Whichever or, way you want to look Gaffney at it. Gaffney bump. I like that. I, yeah, I don't know what to think of that yeah. name, but yeah. <laughs> so I was just gonna say I had the pleasure of taking Ryan's uh, aerobic class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a Zumba, was, right? It was, a jazz it was jazz Zumba. Jazz <laughs> I wore the little the like, little dress thing, and we I, were dancing. Yeah, we were, yeah. That yeah. was uh, that was unique. <laughs> should we just leave it like that like convince everybody yeah. that that's that's yeah. what happened um yeah so this was again so it's funny that you you had to lose a bet to take my I class, lost class. <laughs> which forced me to take ryan's aerobic class and then yeah. somehow blew up into a 24-hour murph at one point but 
I don't know how I'm there, but yeah, so that was, I had what, you, Kyle Wendell, he was another Thunderbolt coach, and Nakia. And Nakia and uh, Kelly. Kelly, and Kelly always took it, so yeah. she was kind of used to it, but um, yeah, so I had CrossFitters come to an aerobic class, and uh, it was it was cool, because I knew you in particular, you have great endurance, like you, you've done that stuff, but I knew that the moves were going to be a little bit quirky. They for, were quirky. They were quirky, right? Yeah. Um, and so with that, it's like, again, it's a different type of fitness. So I was interested to see what would happen. Molly, you did great. Well, thank you. Yeah, you did great. <laughs> there, there was some other, some other people struggled in certain aspects, you know. <laughs> we won't name any names. Yeah. No, no big deal. But uh, also wears a bandana like I do. But like, uh, <laughs> yeah. So like sometimes, sometimes other people struggled with certain cardio stuff. But um, I, I'm glad that you were willing to come out and kind of open yourself up to that, even though, you know, you lost a bet and it had to happen. Yeah, the result of losing a bet. But I will say it was fun. I I, I had something different pictured in my mind. I was picturing, uh, you know, I don't know. Just like 1980s? 1980s. Yeah. 1980s, yeah. tight. Did you warmers. have the leg warmers or no? Yeah, there were no leg warmers. That was yeah. like required for the class. I'm a maniac because <laughs> I'm yeah. on repeat just the whole time. Um, yeah, it was just... I try to make it like, I mean, you heard the music. It is. You will see Rob Zombie in there. Crazy adrenaline. I hate Rob Zombie. You do hate him. I noticed yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. That's why I play him so much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the other day, like Rob Zombie came in. I'm like, hey, Ma, can you? And she has like eight babies in her arms. And I'm like, hey, can you fix the radio? And I just thought she'd be like, oh, Rob Zombie. And she like came out and started fixing. I'm like, no, nah, no. Nah. Now I just feel bad. It's a joke. <laughs> it's Rob it's a joke, Zombie. Molly. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, I do miss that class uh, in particular because not only was it mine, but like it was like a, a different type of aerobics. So you hear aerobics, like we said, you think 80s, but it was like adrenaline, crazy stuff. And then at the end, you take a little break and when you're like 50 minutes in and then we put on a crazy just screaming song and you just go nuts for two to three minutes. And then when you're done, you, you just... You know, sweat puddle you can't breathe you can't whatever and i call it the big finale and man that always like set me up for the weekend i do miss that but that was that was fun to me maybe you could get the firefighters to uh participate in such a class oh my god <laughs> i mean you would five minutes in you would see like guys like just like bent over like you know like i don't i don't think i, I think they're working up to that point but uh yeah i definitely miss that and yeah, you know, all the moves are quirky. They they worked at the end of the day. Did you guys ever see the video of those uh, aerobics competitions from the 80s? Yeah, when did that stop? I mean, was it just like 1989? They're like, hey, let's not do this in the 90s. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> have you guys seen that? I have I not have, seen that. I think that. I have seen a clip of it. Yeah. I'm going to put that in the link with uh, fish and rice cakes. Yeah, I feel like that would get a million hits. Right it might. Here. Yeah. That's how we'll drive traffic. <laughs> um, you also taught spin. Is that right? I did. I did. And... Um, Yes. Yeah, I heard not, a lot of ladies cry during spin class. Is that true? It was mainly just me. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I asked them not to look at me, though, and so it got really awkward when you're the instructor. Um, I, you know, I, I, I didn't see ladies crying during spin. I, I have had, like, people break down in a workout, you know. Well, we see that sometimes. Oh, yeah. 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 We won't yeah. name any names, yeah. but no, we've no. seen I, some I, tears yeah. during Ryan. workouts. Yeah. yeah. And, sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I taught spin, 
spin again i guess man i need to change up my formula it was the same formula it was crazy music and then at the end you went really nuts um but oh my god like i never saw like changes in my body from a certain exercise like i did spin and uh i remember like composition wise yeah like i i couldn't believe how i mean you do all these front squats and stuff how your quads just blow up Stuff that other of us like worry about, Molly, even naturally yeah, awesome quads. And when we're trying to help our quads. <laughs> if my quads blow, we've got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I couldn't believe it. And the endurance it gives you in body squats and lunges and all this stuff was insane. And I, I like, I have, I, I, my uncle's a big fitness guy. And he's a biker and he's doing. We're doing like a hundred plus miles to uh, a family fishing trip in September. And so I need to start preparing for that. So I need to get back into spin, you know, and just getting the bike out. But yeah, I couldn't believe what it did for the body and endurance and your leg endurance. I mean, it translated CrossFit so well that I, I definitely wish I did more of it. Cause once my spin classes ended, I was like, I didn't have, as much of a push to do it you know you just don't sometimes show up and do it unless you're doing a try so yeah definitely are you pretty solid in the assault bike then oh or is it just like a different i, I think it's a different animal okay. yeah it's there's so much upper body involved it's like not just a quad burn you know obviously it's a full body burn but i feel like you can never truly win against the assault bike you know that is true yeah like i mean you could get pretty good and then you could be in a competition where you're the first off and you're feeling great about life and then you go to take a jump and you just can't jump and we've been there we have been there yeah it's like four (laughs) inches or something like that (laughs) you take a few trial jumps you're like i think i can jump on this box yeah yeah that was 20 inches that actually, so Molly and I did a workout like that, and I started like practicing her jumps because I I almost bit it because I couldn't like you know the bike just takes away your jumping power yeah. and you don't you don't expect it, and for some reason when you just practice your jumps, I knew I wasn't alone and it made me laugh. <laughs> so we, we both had yeah. cement legs. Oh, it was bad. That was bad. So I think as we're starting to wind down here. Uh, five to 10 year goals. Do you have some other kind of big things on the horizon you're shooting for? Or is it kind of keep doing what you're doing? Yeah. So when I went down to Tennessee, um, God, I think I, I mean, my notice was maybe like 10 days. I got like a 10 day notice and I had to tell Molly too, like, Hey, I have to leave. And so it was basically like a little over a week and a half to close up my whole life. You know, they, I got a notice at the the 64-hour academy thing, the first part of it, or the 16-hour, and then the 64, and da, da 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 was about to start. And um, so I had to quit all my jobs, move down to Tennessee, and all that stuff. But the whole thing was, with moving to Tennessee, is I always wanted to open my own gym, and I, I definitely want to do the firefighter stuff. And every firefighter has a second job. Um, there's just a lot more downtime with the days off. And so definitely, I'm plugging away fighting to open my own gym and that's what i'm going for and then um you know i'm doing the box hero thing which was another aspect i want to do on my own and then uh finally it's just kind of a trifecta you know having the firefighter stuff in there and that those are my goals right now you know and that's that's where i'm at it's a lot to take on but and it's been very very difficult at times but hopefully i'm turning a corner and it's it seems like some things are finally happening. 
Awesome. Yeah. It's like your vision quest. Yeah. Yes. Which was kicked off with a 24-hour Murph. How many did you get through, by the way? I wanted to ask that. How many Murphs? You know, Molly and I were talking about that because yeah. stuff like that, like, just goes away in my brain. <laughs> like, when they're like, hey, how did you do a Murph? I'm like, oh, how did I do? Um, was it five or six? Or I think that you might have done six, and okay. I think I did five. Okay. Or so, or you did seven and I did six. Something, something like, like that. that. Um, but yeah, that, and then like hopping in a car and driving down, like it definitely wasn't the smartest idea. Like my body was so tight that it, like I, I didn't even do yoga and I should have done some kind of yoga or stretching when I got down there that I was definitely like fitness wise kind of setting myself up for injury. But yeah, so if I ever do 24 hour Murphy again, which... Plan. If. I know I plan if. to as long as I could come back up um I definitely am gonna have some kind of stretching regime afterwards because <laughs> it would I mean it became like at first you're doing it then you kind of get a little annoyed in the middle <laughs> <laughs> it happens you know, you're with these people you're, you're Ryan, you look a little annoyed yeah, right now. Yeah, I may like, have said that a few times. Yeah, you did. And then at the end, it started turning around. I'm like, Molly, you look a little annoyed now. <laughs> and then you understood what I was. Um, you get to the point where this starts to happen. And then it, then you get so damn tired. You're like bonding with everybody. And you're punch drunk. And it's like, okay, this was worth it. Yeah. You know? But yeah, that was that was cool. And I think, too, doing it at Thunderbolt now. Thunderbolt's so huge that to spread everybody out in a bigger area will be good too. Yeah. Murph was awesome this year. A yeah. lot of space. Yeah. It yeah. looked like a good day. I uh, was down at uh, regionals, so I didn't get to do Murph. Oh, and you guys did Murph together. Right? We did Murph together. Yeah. That's, yeah. Right. That's right. I forgot about that. We did Murph together. Yeah. There was like a, a little hill that threw us. I feel uh, through me at least like this hill started killing me after a it while. It broke up the run. I liked it cause it was a 400 meter loop and hill going up for the first what do you 100 meters yeah in my mind it helped break it up i was i was nervous about it at first but it kind of helped me mentally so you could use your quads so i could use, use my your quads, quads. Yeah. <laughs> i liked your series of uh, murph prep videos that you made on your instagram oh thank you you know what is that box hero at box hero fitness is that right yes and, and the funny part about that is like I just, anybody who knows me knows that I haven't been like a big social media guy. I've never been that guy, you know? And it's it's funny because it's like, you know, I was talking to different people and they're like, just have an Instagram. And I'm yeah. like, oh, what? Like, I don't yeah. even know, you know? So, I mean, you've got the hair for social media. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> you got the hair for everything. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, we need to, I mean, we probably need to get into, like, how do you get that height? Is oh, it, is this, is this is blow dryer? Is this becoming real? Is becoming real? I mean, I'll tell you if you need to know, but it's up to you. Um, but yeah, back to Instagram. Uh, I'll, I'll put a series on hair on Instagram if you need. Um, but yeah, like stuff like that, like I'm just, I'm just not a great social media person. I'll admit it, you know? So like to even put out like more than a video a day is, I'm like, oh, okay, like da 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 da. But then I, um, I took like a little break, which you should never ever do. You know, like a two to three week break on, on Instagram. I had to do some stuff in Tennessee where I also want to focus on Box Hero itself. Like, you know, like the programming and stuff like that. And I realized I, I listened to, I, I listened to like a lot of YouTube videos, you know, like of people and their philosophies on life and stuff like that. And of all people, um, I listened to one from Matthew McConaughey 
and it changed my whole thinking on life. Was and, he like, all right, all right, all yeah, right. Yeah, just keep living. Um, <laughs> he said, he said basically the difference between happiness and joy. And he said, happiness is a result of a reward from accomplishing something. So someone's doing something every day and they're going through basically hell and it's to achieve this goal and then they get the goal for a minute and then they're happy for a minute and then, then it goes away quickly. And, um, and you, you actually like, then I started thinking of all the CrossFit champions. I heard talk about it. Like I, I got on the podium and then, then like right away I didn't, you know, just went away and I didn't, I started looking at myself like why, you know, I did, I did this wrong. I did this wrong. And he said, instead go for joy and joy is the process, you know? And it's like, you enjoy doing this every day. And then when you go for joy, the happiness will automatically come. And so like for a minute, I mean, I'll just be honest. Like no one wants to say this for the company thing, but I just want to be straight. It was like, even just putting out like a little blurb here and there, I was like, okay, this is required. This is required for this. This is required for this, you know? And I don't think I'll ever have like a lot of followers because I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm definitely newer to that landscape, you know, but all of a sudden I started realizing that I needed to find joy and just even something like Instagram posts, you know? So that's why I started like just talking a little more about, Hey Murph, this is what's up. This is, this is how you get better at Murph or something like that. And I already have some stuff planned that like, it's now getting to a point where I almost can't wait to put out a video. It's just, and now I'm going to start like really kicking it up because it's not a task anymore. It's like, I just want to talk about whatever. And if someone wants to say, Oh, he sucks. Or like, I don't believe that I believe this, which is always in fitness. Hmm. Um, I'm okay with it. Like, I just want to say my piece and da 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 kind of like here. And I'm finding joy in the process instead of like, this is a task for this. Like even coming to here, I was like, you know what? This is actually gonna be pretty cool. It's not a task that I have to do for any aspect of box here or anything like that. It's just, it's cool. We get to talk, get to talk about whatever and relax. And it's like the joy of the process. I think that's good. I think that's probably a good place to wrap. Uh, as you're starting to get into that social media world, where should people contact you? If, if people want to get in touch and you know, hear how you're doing, what's the best place to do that? Or what are some of your places online? Yeah, definitely. I would say, I would say, go to Instagram. Message me on Instagram um, at Box Hero Fitness. Um, definitely go to Instagram. If you go to my website, I have an email there too. But I feel like Instagram, I'm a lot quicker with. And uh, I have been getting some questions coming in, and I've answered them personally. But I need to now. My aspect is I need to bring it to a more broad audience and start answering it in videos too. So I'm actually excited to do that. Well, I think this was awesome. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, Thank thanks. You. We'll see you at a 24-hour Murph yes. next year. Yes, I plan on being there. All right, that's a wrap. <laughs>